0: Do not worry.
1: Well, hey, folks, welcome to episode 24 of Do Not Worry. I'm your host, Anthony, coming to you once again from the heart of Beirut in Jaitewe. Uh, Folks, thank you so much for joining me on this special 24th episode. Uh, we have a lot of crazy topics to talk about today, including Jad Hadid responded to last week's episode of the podcast. Uh, he wasn't too happy, had some sexist and douchey comments to make on my Instagram. So we're going to go over that. And we're going to go over a really weird, creepy and unethical Instagram page that he and his wife or his ex-wife have for like their daughter it's extremely cringe it's extremely weird we're gonna go over some of the weirdest captions you guys have ever seen in your life and i know i know i'm gonna to go to hell for that one but uh, it needs to be done okay it needs to be done another piece of news that sort of set the internet ablaze said the after dinner hosted carlos gesson on their podcast uh people went crazy uh, both in defense of the podcast and sort of against the podcast so i'm just gonna give my two cents on the situation it's only fair it's my job after all MTV News is coming for me. They tried to block one of my podcast episodes by manually submitting a copyright claim. We're going to talk about that. It's not the first time MTV does that, either with me or with other Lebanese content creators. I'm watching you guys. And finally, for those of you who are interested, stay tuned till the end of the episode where I'm going to discuss my thoughts on on the Pentagon UFO report. I have very mixed feelings on it. So if you're into aliens, stay tuned till the end. We're gonna talk about that a little bit. But before we get going, uh, please take a second to like this video, leave a comment, your engagement, hashtag engagement i know you guys have been wanting the hashtag engagement to come back here it is it's back folks engagement with a vengeance but seriously your engagement helps this channel a lot that helps my video appear in the homepage on the recommended page for other people to see so uh it helps out a lot and subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed yet subscribe become a do not warrior i'm launching a second podcast later this month later in july so if you want to be the first to get it subscribe to the channel But before we get going, I just wanted to update you guys on something that I brought up last week. Uh, I had a meeting about a potential job opportunity here in Lebanon, but I was kind of mixed on whether or not I should take it because I didn't want to jeopardize my YouTube channel. Well, I had the meeting and I spoke with the CEO and he was honestly awesome enough to be flexible and see if we can make it work out. So for the first month, I'm gonna try out like kind of a customized schedule that lets me do my YouTube, hopefully without any interference. And if it works out for me, if it works out for them, we're going to keep going. Um, If it doesn't work out for me, if it doesn't work out for them for any reason, then we'll look at it again, see if we can evaluate things or I end up walking away or they end up walking away. Um, It's only fair for me if I've told them that my YouTube is my priority, that, you know, we try to make it work. And it's only fair for them that if my weird schedule is getting in the way of my team, getting their work done, and if I'm hampering the team, then... It's only fair for me to walk away. I'm just thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful for the flexibility. So uh, hopefully I can balance both. Hopefully it works out. So just wanted to give you guys that update. And with that out of the way, let's kick the show off. Okay, so for the first segment, I just quickly wanted to go over this thing. Uh, So my video today, as I was working on the notes for episode 24, I get an email that says, and right here, hi Anthony, after a manual review, a copyright owner has claimed some material in your video. As a result, your video, they're talking about episode number 22 uh, the Jibran Basile slash uh, Joseph Shah the City fight episode. I say, as a result, your video has been blocked and can no longer be played on YouTube. That's in any country, any territory, anywhere. This is not a copyright strike. This claim does not affect your account status. The copyrighted content is Lady Batroun Web 1. It's basically the video of an interview with Yasmin Masri, which, who was the lady who got beaten up by Jibran uh, Bassi's bodyguards in Batroun. So it was just like 40 seconds of an interview with her. And it was claimed by MTV Lebanon. So they manually claimed this. Someone from MTV watched the video themselves and was like, hey, we need to claim this video. It's, it wasn't automatic. It wasn't done by the algorithm or anything like that. That would have appeared on like the first day within the first few minutes of me uploading the video. So if you look at some of, of the details, it says the content that was found, that was copyrighted was was from minutes 16, 26 seconds to 17, 22 seconds. Less than one minute, less than one minute of video was enough of a reason for YouTube to take down my entire 34 minute video. 34 minutes of content of original content were taken down because of like 50 seconds of an interview segment. I find that to be honestly completely egregious, not just from MTV, like MTV are a bunch of little assholes for doing this, but like YouTube, what the fuck? Why are you letting them take down my whole video for 40 seconds when this, this is fair use? I was commenting on the video. I wasn't just showing it like for fun. I was commenting on it. This is under fair use. So there's no reason for this to be taken down. So my only solution to get the video re-uploaded was to trim out those 40 seconds, which I had to do. I mean, it's not that important to the video. And from now on, I'm never gonna use any MTV footage ever again, fuck them. But I had to trim it out. And like maybe an hour later, my video was back online. So the problem has been solved, but it is a problem. And I'm not the only person to go through this. I've I've already gotten content removed or claimed because of MTV, but I had, I had thankfully uploaded a test version to YouTube first, but it's happened to me before, and it's also happened to a fellow Lebanese YouTuber, uh, Jad Ghusen, and he talked about it in a lengthy video. I'm just going to show you guys a quick portion of that video that I kind of edited together, uh, where he had a different situation, like someone actually reached out to him, like the the bank reached out to him, asking him to take down a video, like must have al Nene because he was talking about them, etc. So his situation is a little bit different, but... اه ان اساسه هو
0: من اليوتيوب انه جاي علي شيء كوبي رايت على 50 ثانيه اللي مستعمل فيهم فيديو جورج غانم من الام تي في من مين, من مين جاي علما انهم بلا يحقق لانه بقوانين يوتيوب في شيء اسمه الفيريوس في واحد يأخذ مقاطعة صغيرة يعلق عليا اذا عم بيخلق مضمون جديد بعملين كوبي رايت كلايم لياخدوا المصاري اللي بتطلع عن الفيديو هيدا الشانل هي مونيتايزد بتطلع شوية مصاري ماشي بيحروز بس بتطلع منع عنطلي يعني قلت بطلع منه الفيديو شي 65-70 دولار انهم شايف منيح بوقتها بدون يخضون الامتي في بيخضون صحتنا على قلبهم لانه عاملوا كوبيرايتنا انا مستعمل لهم مادة من عندهم عظيم هلا الحلو بالقصة انه ب 19 بيبعثوا لجامعية المصارف بعشرين الامتي في بيعملوا كوبيرايت كليم لهن اتنايناتهم اخرين عشر ايام عن الفيديو اي ما تنزل يعني يا يا سليم صفير عم يشتغل بالاسم الانلاين بالامتي في هو بيعمل كوبيرايت so
1: my situation is kind of similar in a way because I published my video on the 17th of June but it wasn't until 13 days later on the 30th where they manually claimed my video. So someone's sitting there, maybe it's Salim Asfed, like Jad said, who's out there just trying to find ways to claim videos. But the difference is with Jad, they only claim they claimed it, but they took his monetization. So basically whatever revenue his video made, it went to MTV, but his video was not taken down. My video was completely blocked in all territories. Like I couldn't re-upload it. Or I couldn't remove the block unless I had cut out that part so it's pretty fucked up now some of you might be thinking well Anthony can't you dispute it since you were using that piece of footage under fair use you should be able to dispute the claim and uh, YouTube will you know reinstate your video I could technically dispute it but the problem is if you dispute a claim and you lose it could end up giving your channel a copyright strike and if you get three copyright strikes your channel is like disabled so it could actually cost me my YouTube channel for me to fight this copyright claim and lose so I honestly would rather not risk it I just cut out the 30 40 seconds of footage and um, we moved on and here's this interesting clip uh just to show you guys that whatever you do okay you can take all the money from Jad's videos you can try to block my videos but you're not gonna silence us MTV
0: is a hot video وإذا الخمسة أو دولار بتفيدهم بشي صحتين على ألفون ااا نرجع بنعمل غيره وفيهم يحطوا بحسابهم إنه جايين بعض مصاري مني لأنه مش هاي الطريقه اللي فكره
1: so just like jad said you know keep coming at us we're not going to stop talking about you we're not going to stop trying to raise awareness obviously i do it on a much smaller level than jad. jad is awesome his channel is completely different than mine but still fuck you mtv and funny enough speaking of copyright Uh, When I talked about my video being copyright claimed on Instagram and Twitter, a bunch of you guys reached out to me to tell me that the same thing had happened to Jad Ghosn and that he had made a lengthy video about it. So um, I was writing on Twitter that like I was telling one of you guys that like I'm watching his video now and I tagged Jad Ghosn and I said, Jad, if I use some of your footage, will you claim my video? He actually responded and he sent me the Robert De Niro gif where he's like, I'm watching you type thing, which I found to be really hilarious. Uh, It's cool that he tweeted back. I'm a big fan, Jad. Thanks for applying. Okay, so set after dinner got themselves into some kind of a pickle, a large pickle uh, over the last few days uh, with their guest Carlos Ghosn. Now, for those of you who don't know, Carlos Ghosn is a infamous Lebanese like business tycoon. He was the CEO of Nissan in Japan for a bunch of years. He was the head of Renault in France for a bunch of years. Like he was a very successful CEO, international businessman for many years uh like people looked up to him in Lebanon and stuff a couple of years ago he got accused with a couple of things under reporting income shifting losses to Nissan skimming off of Nissan funds and internal investigations um he ended up being in the custody of like the Japanese legal system and like a year and a half ago he escaped in a music box from under house arrest and like Came all the way to Lebanon and is now a fugitive. He is wanted by Interpol. He is an international criminal, ladies and gentlemen. Saturday after dinner got into some controversy because they invited Carlos Khosan onto their show. He's the latest guest on their show. They uploaded the episode on Sunday, but it was actually taken down today. So I I went onto their YouTube channel today to download the video because I wanted to use some video as reference. I wanted to get some screenshots and stuff like that. And I couldn't find the video on their YouTube channel. Uh, So um, after a few minutes they ended up posting something on Instagram and here's what it said. At the request of the producers of Carlos Ghosn The Last Flight which is a Carlos Ghosn documentary which is going to premiere on NBC Shahid I think in July. Uh, we have agreed to run our latest Saturday with Carlos Ghasin at the same time as the release of the documentary on July 8th, 2021, due to his contractual obligations with the BBC and Shahed. So the episode is actually no longer on their YouTube channel or on the audio platforms. You'll have to wait until the 8th of July to check it out. But anyways, when they announced Carlos Glessen, um a bunch of people were kind of not happy with their decision. They got a lot of support, granted, uh, and the vast majority of the... Of the comments, I would say, were positive and were in favor of Carlos Khassan as a guest. But some of the comments, most notably from Lebanese stand up comedian uh, Noor Hajar, were negative. And the first comment that Noor had left was he simply said, international criminal. Then he, he clarifies underneath by saying, protected heavily by Basile and oligarchs, reason for sanctions on the country. Uh, Mouain responds by saying, don't be so quick to judge, make the judgment after you watch. On Serde After Dinner's Instagram page, not on Moyen's page, Noor Hajar also leaves another comment and says, Next guest, Jubran Basile. There aren't any proven court cases against him. Let's give him the time. Alternative media platforms should give mainstream people more coverage. We never see billionaires on TV. So he's obviously being sarcastic here. Uh, clearly, Noor has a problem with with capitalism, with billionaires, with basically corrupt people give, being given airspace. And I get the point that he's making. Serde After Dinner is supposed to be a an independent... Alternative media, I agree with Noor, I'm not a fan of billionaires, I'm not a fan of capitalists. Um, I have Bernie Sanders behind me, so you guys know what I think about billionaires and stuff like that. But anyways, Nou wasn't the only person who was sort of down on this choice. Uh, Ali Jabir, who this is another, this is not Moiin's dad. This is another Ali Jabir. He leaves this comment: Moiin Jabir, who will believe this lying piece of shit? Everything he will say will be understandably in his favor. The dude won't say yes, he is guilty. Yes, he stole. Yes, he's corrupt. Yes, he's an international criminal. Yes, Michel, On and Basile helped him to hide. A stupid person will defend himself and say that he is innocent. Come on, man. You interview clean people that we look up to, not low-ass criminals. It's time for the people to wake up and stop loving people who are criminals, who are the gods of corruption. I appreciate your efforts for putting a good interview, but I think it's better if you don't interview scumbags who fucked the Lebanese reputation offshore more than it is already fucked. Uh, but there were some other comments as well, some other negative comments. Uh, you'll see here this is a mix of like tweets And Instagram comments. This person right here says, ha, 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 the name of this channel should be Vomit After Dinner. I disagree for the record. I'm a fan of the channel. Uh, This other comment uh, by Noor says, what is said after dinner other than a bunch of elitists misleading the young, desperate audience? Again, I'm not sharing these to start any shit. I'm just trying to show both sides of the uh, the public response to this interview. Uh, Here's a comment by Royal S in French. I'm going to try not to butcher it.  « Je suis sincèrement très déçu. On aime votre émission parce que vous invitez des personnalités militantes ou issues de la faura. Là, vous donnez la parole, en posant fièrement, à ses côtés comme si c'était un idole, à une personne qui est à l'opposé du changement que l'on souhaite pour le Liban. Quel message on fait passer Le pouvoir Écraser l'autre Promotionner le concept de l'argent roi Etc. Sincèrement, cet homme dans le gouvernement libanais, vous pensez vraiment qu'il aurait été incorruptible Votre émission était une bouffée d'air frais alternative aux médias traditionnels. J'espère que vous allez revenir sur votre ancienne ligne éditoriale. So, uh, that's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty thoughtful comment by by Royal S. And Badr Baroudi, why are we legitimizing anything this man says? Why are we even giving him a platform in the first place? He is the embodiment of capitalistic exploitation, corruption, and is an alleged criminal on many levels of judiciary. Please, this is supposed to be a platform for those without a voice, not for those using their voices to exploit people's views for personal gain. And again, these are points that Noor was making. You know, Why are we giving this guy uh, room to talk on alternative media when he already has all the mainstream media to do his work for him? But not all the comments were negative. In fact, there were a lot of positive comments like hearts and heart emojis and hope to see him as our next president soon. And uh, what a legend. More comments, so cool that you brought him on, very envious of the Cerde, great episode, and a couple of more people disappointed. Again, I don't agree with those really extreme comments, but I just wanted to bring those to your attention. Okay, so that's the drama in a nutshell. Now, before I get into what I think about the Cerde episode and them inviting him on, what do I think of Carlos Risen in general? Do I believe him? Do I think he's actually a criminal? I do think he probably did do something illegal. I I don't think that the French government and the Japanese government are going to go after someone with such fury over some bullshit, over some conspiracy theory. Okay, he says it's all a conspiracy to bring him down. He says it's jealousy, whatever. I don't believe him. I do think he did something illegal. Now, having said that, I also don't blame him for running away from the Japanese legal system. And, and at some point in his conversation with Moine and Media, he mentioned that the UN even said that his treatment was fundamentally unfair. And I looked that up and that was true. I found the article. It says like UN experts tell Japan treatment of ex-Nissan bus is fundamentally unfair. They say he should be compensated for arbitrary detention, et cetera. So it does seem like his treatment in Japan was unfair. But I also did some research and looked into his connections with Jibran Basil, like Noor Hajar had mentioned and stuff, and I found evidence for that as well. So, you know, but I also think that he's a guy with an incredibly interesting story like the fact that he was able to run away from like the japanese legal system and he had to run away in a box and he was only able to do that because he's rich and he could afford it and he has all these special connections it is an interesting story it is an interesting tale so i understand why media and wine would want to invite him onto their show because he's a big high profile guest i also think he's a very charismatic dude as much as as i do think he's a criminal the guy was a top CEO for like 20 years his job is to be charismatic his job is to be a great salesman his job is to pitch very well his job is to engross you when he talks that's what he was good at you won't you're not going to end up being a successful head of of multiple car companies if you're not good at communication so he obviously is going to put on a good show and If people find him engrossing and if people find him charismatic, you also can't blame them because he is. He spent his life perfecting the art of communication. Now, what do I think of Medea and Mohin bringing him on as a guest? I think they both knew exactly what they were doing. I think they both knew that he was going to be a controversial guest. I think they knew they were going to get some flack for it. But I also think it was a calculation that they made. You know what I mean? Like, let's throw a number out there. If 50 people, if 50 of their YouTube subscribers decide to unsubscribe to the channel because they disagree with their choice of Carlos Ghasin, the amount of views that the video is going to bring is going to bring them 500 new subscribers. So sure, they'll lose maybe 50 subscribers, but they're going to win 500 new subscribers. In their mind, that was a risk worth taking. That that was a, a good calculation for them. And at the end of the day, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Publicity is publicity. If everyone's talking about your podcast, everyone's talking about your upcoming guest, you don't really care if they're saying negative things. At the end of the day, it's more eyeballs on your YouTube channel. The one thing I would say against that is that I don't think Media and Moein's channel needed someone like Carlos Hissen. like Their YouTube channel is already killing it. They, they already have a lot of subscribers. They have a dedicated audience. If they thought they had to resort to getting someone like Car- Carlos listen to, you know... Generate some excitement. I don't think they needed to do that because their channel is already killing it. They're doing. They're getting great numbers. So that's what I think about that. I get Medea and wine making the calculation that this is going to help their channel. Um, I also think that they thought that this is going to give their YouTube channel more credibility. You know, this is going to help them get more guests, more big guests. Like, hey, look, we had Mia Khalifa, we had Carlos Kherson on. So would. X person wanna come on our podcast. We've had all these big guests before. So that's also a calculation that they made. And while I think that Midea and Moine believe that their channel will gain credibility with other guests and stuff like that for the future, I think in the long-term it might actually end up costing their channel a little bit of credibility and he and Midea themselves, a little bit of personal credibility. And it feels like they have they may have sold a little tiny piece of their soul to the devil to get this interview. And I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. Let me explain. So when you're getting a guy like Carlos Gerson onto your show, someone as major and as controversial as he is, there's some kind of exchange happening. There's some kind of devil's bargain. You're not getting him for free. It's going to cost you something. And in this case, it's going to cost them some goodwill. Now, they could have avoided that by asking him some challenging questions. If you want to have a controversial figure like Carlos Gerson on your show, ask him some tough questions, challenge him, put his feet to the fire. Midia and Mu'in did not do that. It was a very friendly conversation. They were smiling most of the time. If you look at a screenshot of the both of them, they look honestly kind of starstruck. It's like they're in the presence of a celebrity. Look, I don't blame them. You know what I mean? I don't blame them at all. He can be an intimidating figure. He's very charismatic. Again, he's made it his business to take command of a room and to be a great storyteller and to be very compelling and to be very engaging. But it ended up being a very just casual conversation that he kind of mostly took control of he kept interrupting wine anytime wine tried to say something he would keep kind of cutting him off you know carlos chussen would not have agreed to show up on said if he knew he was going to get challenged why would he he's like if these people are going to challenge me if these people are going to give me a hard time i'm not even going to show up so in order for them to even score a guest like carlos you kind of have to bite the bullet and let him talk and let him spread his propaganda. Now I could be completely off base. What if media and mind completely believe that he's innocent? What if they completely believe that he did nothing wrong? What if they're completely for him escaping the Japanese legal system? Then, hey, that's their right. And if they want to invite him over on their show in their home for a friendly private conversation, then who are we to tell them otherwise? But it is kind of disappointing to know that they did build the reputation as this alternative media platform for the underserved for underserved demographics for the voiceless to all of a sudden turn around and bring on a guy like carlos by all accounts a criminal um and to bring him on his show and kind of allow him to share this stuff completely unchallenged but look i personally watched the interview um again i think the guy is a very compelling storyteller and engaging storyteller so from that aspect it was it's, it's entertaining to watch, and his, his story of escape, I think, is very interesting, and I'd be interested in seeing the documentary and stuff like that, but um, I felt a little bit uncomfortable just seeing him sort of spew all this stuff so unchecked, and even said some things at the end about like people being jealous of his wealth and all this pro-capitalist stuff that kind of made me cringe and made me uncomfortable. So I don't know. I'm curious to, to know what you guys think of this whole thing. And please remember that I like Said after dinner. I am a friend of mine's. Please try to be respectful in the comments. I'm not here to shit on it in no way. And I'm not trying to encourage people to like be dicks about it. You know, give your honest, respectful opinions in the comment section below. I'd love to know what you guys think of it. Okay, so you guys remember our segment last week talking about Jad Hadid, we went over his really cringe Instagram stories where he was trying to sell his followers on luxury apartments in Dubai, there was going to be a mall twice the size of Dubai mall, all that sort of thing, he was talking very sexually like he's trying to sleep with whoever's watching the stories, he was incredibly douchey, incredibly cringy, incredibly unfunny, incredibly obnoxious so jat hadid was not a fan of my video it got to him he he saw it somehow someone must have sent it to him so he leaves a comment on my personal instagram and says with a thumbs up then leaves a comment on my do not worry instagram page and says no way woman i mean man so he's basically calling me a woman thinking that like that is an insult uh you guys all dunked on him so thank you guys i have the most amazing do not warriors a bunch of you got on instagram and like dunked on him in the comments it was amazing it was epic you guys can go there and check out some of the best comments Uh, a bunch of you reached out to me and told me that he actually has a very problematic instagram account set up for his young daughter now before i get into this just a quick disclaimer i was told that he and his wife are either separated or divorced or they're currently getting divorced. I I don't really know. Okay, it sounds pretty complicated and messy. I want nothing to do with that. I wish them both the best. Okay, divorce is always messy, especially when a kid is involved. So I feel very bad for the child. I, I feel bad for both of the adults, okay? It must be hell. None of that is an excuse, okay? And both of the parents going through a divorce and custody for their child or whatever is an excuse for the Instagram page I'm about to show you. And that is the Instagram page that they have set up for their daughter. It is at Katalia Hadid. I don't know what her name is, Katalia, Katalia, whatever. Okay, they have set up an Instagram page for her where it's just a bunch of pictures of their young daughter without her consent with the weirdest fucking captions. Now, I went over this a lot in my head as to whether or not I should talk about this. This is one of those going to hell kind of segments. I know, okay. I'm gonna go back to the gates of hell and that demon from the TikTok episode is gonna recognize me. He's gonna be like, Hey, aren't you Anthony from the TikTok episode? And when you made fun of Abbas Ben I'll be like, yep, that's me. But open up those gates of hell again. I'm coming back in, baby. We, I, I tried to block out uh, the baby girl's face as much as we can this account has more than fifty-two thousand followers okay and i'm not sure who's running it i'm not sure if it's jad hadid i'm not sure if it's his wife or ex-wife ramona khalil i'm not sure who's running this but either way this is incredibly wrong this is incredibly creepy this is incredibly uh unethical i think okay she's too young to be in front of fifty-two creepy ass weird followers who you have no idea what what their intentions are and if this And if this Instagram account is part of, like, you guys' custody battle, fucking cut it out because your daughter has nothing to do with your really stupid and immature battle. So let's read some of these really weird fucking captions that have been written as if they were written by a child, but they're written by adults. Don't know what I mean? Let me read one for you. It's a picture of their adorable little daughter in a black dress, and the caption says... When they ask you to act cute for the picture. Bonjour mes amis. What do you guys think of my tiny black dress? You like it? Yee, it's Monday. I'm sorry guys. Yalla basita, enjoy it anyway. It'll pass. Oh, by the way, happy Father's Day to your daddy and to my daddy too. I love you, papi. Folks, keep in mind that this caption was written by either an adult man or an adult woman or both working on it together. Okay, and they thought it was perfectly fine to upload on Instagram to a bunch of strangers on their young little minor's daughter's Instagram page, which she shouldn't even have. Here's another really weird post. Uh, here's a, It's a picture of her eating ice cream. Me and the ice cream, don't bother. Long, long, long story, guys, long story. You guys love the ice cream too? What's your favorite flavor? Yo, this is this shit's fucking weird. Another one. Uh, it's her eating a snack. Aw, Dodie wants carrots too? Dang, I'm sorry, Dodie. I wasn't paying attention. I was busy attacking them like a rabbit. He's so smart, didn't even touch him. But look how he's staring at them. Cutie, next time I'll give it all to you. Um, or we split it to half each. Bonjour, mes amis. Again, really fucking weird when you consider it's not really a child writing any of this. So here's a picture of her sitting at like a nursery table. Um, Nursery days are the best. Next year I'll be going to school. Oh, by the way, I just turned two years and five months yesterday. Just saying. Here's more ice cream. Summer and ice cream are my favorite two after mommy and papi. Nom, nom, nom. This is fresh yellow watermelon, mommy did it for me last night, thank you mommy. It's so weird because this is probably mommy writing this herself and mommy thanking mommy. But anyways, just posing for a picture. I just love it when I'm around animals, don't you too? Which animal is your favorite? Me? I love horses and doggies, these two are so cute and fluffy. Swipe left to see all the animals I saw in the farm. Here's one she's being carried by her mom. You know what happiness is? Happiness is to have a mommy like mine. So loving, caring, sweet, funny, cute, beautiful, kind-hearted, peaceful. And she's definitely a role model. My role model. You know, mommy, no matter how much I love you, I always love you more than that. Again, very weird considering that it's probably mommy who wrote this post. Okay, one more. Little baby's taking a nap. Nopesy, no, I'm not sleeping beauty. I'm Cookie the princess. I just had a long fun day with mommy at the beach. I'm exhausted, you have no idea. Well, obviously, you can tell how I'm crashed. I'm like hugging the bed, ha, 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 ha. mes amis. So, look, this is fucking weird, man, okay? Uh, you guys should delete this goddamn account. Uh, this is so unethical. It's so weird. You should be the last person to comment on my shit, Jad Hadid. You weird ass, cringy, weirdo, my man uh yeah let me know what you guys think of this weird fucking account man so fucking disturbing uh they they're doing this without the child's consent they are posting these photos in front of tens of thousands of people many of whom are probably creeps and um your daughter is probably not going to appreciate this when she's older just saying on june 25th we finally got the ufo report that was due uh, by the pentagon to congress so it was released by the office of the director of national intelligence the dni and it was called preliminary assessment unidentified aerial phenomena so we've been waiting for this report for 180 days ever since uh then president trump signed it into law while he was signing the COVID bill someone added this provision for this you know ufo report and we now have the government officially commenting on it now I'm mixed on this report as someone who is massively into UFOs and aliens and who has, who has been into this topic for 15 years. There's some positives from this report, but there's also a bunch of negatives. Let me start by the positives. For once, it exists. I'm happy that there's you know, an official document coming out from the government addressing UFOs. They're not completely discounting the topic. They're saying that they want more money to study it. Uh, they're mentioning that like they, they looked at 144 cases from 2004 up until today. They mentioned that there's been a bunch of near misses between American military planes and these weird unidentified flying objects. They're saying that a lot of them show signs of propulsion that they don't understand. They need more money and better science to be able to study this. They need more data. They need the Navy and the the Air Force to have better ways of reporting these sightings for them to make better analysis. And to me, that's all great. The government wants to officially look into UFOs. It's an enigma. It's a mystery that they want to understand. Great, right? I should be happy. Um, except that these UFO sightings have been happening at the very least from the fucking 40s. And we know that. And we know that the government knows about them. Like, they're, just the fact that they're pretending that they have no idea what this stuff is. I'm like, hey, give us more money. We can figure it out. Bro, what have you guys been doing for the past fucking 80 years? This is what upsets me. I'm happy that the government is talking about UFOs. I'm happy that they're taking proactive steps to study them and to try to bring more data to Congress and to us, the people. But they're pretending that nothing before 2004 and the Tic Tac ever happened. What about Roswell? What about Project Blue Book? We know you guys were studying UFOs for decades. What happened with all that data? Do you think we're just going to forget? What about the Phoenix Lights? What about Robert Salas and Malmstrom Air Force Base, where UFOs hovered over our nuclear bases and disabled our nuclear weapons? Did the government never study any of this stuff? We know they did. We know that they're probably trying to back engineer a bunch of the crashed ships. My problem with this report is that it pretends that none of this ever happened and that we're only looking from 2004 up to now. In the report and before the report, the U.S. government is trying to be pretty adamant in saying that that technology isn't theirs. Like maybe it's Chinese, maybe it's Russian. We know it's not ours. I don't necessarily believe them. You know what I mean? I don't believe the U.S. government. Why should I believe a government that has been lying about UFOs and aliens for 80 years when they suddenly tell me, hey, we don't have any technology that looks like that? Why should I believe you? You've done nothing but lie for decades. The one thing I tell myself to kind of ease my concerns with this whole thing is that, look, we know that the government has been lying about aliens since the 40s, at the very least. Okay, even some of the people who are responsible for bringing us all of this new information, like Lua Elizondo, who used to work at the Pentagon, Even he will tell you that there was even a crash in like the 30s in Italy and that the Italians sent fragments of that crash ship to the United States before Roswell ever happened. That's Lou Elizondo admitting that. I think what's happening is that the government is trying to reboot the whole topic of UFOs. what what do i mean by reboot well if you bring someone in from the street who's never paid attention to the ufo topic who doesn't care they don't know what roswell is they don't know anything if you sit them down and tell them hey let me tell you about ufos and aliens and you start throwing all that information in their face roswell phoenix lights uh, 1967 maelstrom air force base bob lazar all that shit i think that person is going to get overwhelmed with information fairly quickly you know what i mean i think very quickly you're going to think this is a crazy topic and also the ufo topic has been around for so long and there's been so much information that has never been verified because the government just wouldn't verify anything that there's a lot of bullshit in the ufo topic so i wouldn't blame anyone a newcomer who like thinks it's mostly bullshit and crazy wacky stuff i don't blame them so i think maybe maybe this is a way for the government to refocus people's attention you know what i mean to Let's just focus on these military cases starting in 2004. Ignore all that older other stuff. We'll get to it later. You know, once the people, once we get the general population up to speed on the UFO thing, once enough people know about the Tic Tac, they know about all these other UFO sightings, the Go Fast, the Gimbal, stuff that has been happening in 2014, 2015, then we can slowly start to unravel what happened in the 40s, in the 50s, in the 60s. Then once the people are more comfortable with that stuff, we can... Open the doors to what happened in the past. Maybe that's what they're doing. That's what I'm telling myself at least. Um, do I think that's really the case? No, I think the US government is more than happy to have the general population forget about Roswell, forget about all that, that older stuff because they would have to admit that they've been lying to us for 80 years. They don't want to do that. You know, I mean? They would have to admit to us that they have certain technologies that they probably don't want to admit to. So... This is what disappoints me about this report. I'm happy it exists. I'm happy we have the government officially looking into UFOs now. They want more information. They want more data. They want to give it to the American people. Great. What about the last 80 years? What about Roswell, New Mexico? What about the older crashes? What about Maelstrom Air Force Base? What about the Phoenix Lights? What about all these thousands of UFO sightings that have been reported and seen over decades? Are we just going to pretend none of that happens and we're just going to take the government's word for it? Oh, it's not our technology. Bro, why should we believe you? So that's my main thing. I'm just going to try to remain patient. Okay, the fact, I hope this report leads to more reports. I hope it leads to congressional hearings. I hope it leads to us getting more data, but I hope that they don't try to fool us into thinking that this started in 2004. We know this shit has been going on for decades. Okay, the most credible story that I ever talk about is the aerial school in zimbabwe that happened in 1994 that is 10 years before the tic tac in 2004. so it is not enough okay it's good enough for now to get the ball rolling let's see if it leads to some congressional hearings let's see if it leads to more reports let's see if it actually leads to some kind of disclosure but i want to know the truth about what happened in roswell i want to know the truth about what's been happening for the last 70 years I'm not satisfied with just the bare minimum and I'm not going to kiss the government's feet or grovel at their feet for throwing us crumbs. This is why I'm not celebrating this report. This is why I don't think this is the greatest thing to ever grace us. No, I think it's okay. There's no new information in this, okay? All I see is the government trying to downplay the UFO topic and trying to ignore the last 70 years of this topic. And it's on us, it's on the general population. Do the research. If you're interested in UFOs at home, don't just follow up on the tic-tac and everything that's been happening since 2004. Immerse yourself in the history of this topic because it's very important that we have an informed population because once the government tries to play their games, they're not gonna be able to play their games and pull their shit if we're informed. So that's what I wanted to say. I'm hoping for the best, but I'm not really optimistic. We gotta keep the pressure up, but if, if we just keep getting these little drip of information i'm not gonna be satisfied like honestly i'm 30 years old i just want to know what the fuck is going on before i die okay you know if it takes 20 years if it takes 25 30 years i don't care let it happen before i fucking die because this is if this is going to take another 70 years of just drip 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 here's a little bit of information it's not going to be enough (laughs) folks thank you so much for joining me for episode 24 of do not worry this feels like it was a long episode i think i talked a lot i'm gonna have to do a lot of editing okay the magic of editing thank you so much for tuning in as usual folks please take a second to like this video leave a comment your engagement is always so valuable and so helpful for this channel Um, i really appreciate it um please take a second to subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet become a do not warrior be the first to know about my upcoming podcast that is dropping on this channel later in july um thank you so much for watching guys and as usual do not worry do not worry.